Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to answer some of your gardening quandaries. And later on, I'll be joined by John Richardson, a fellow octogenarian and one of Britain's most successful wholesale nurserymen. Quite a fellow, John. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast, and to Charlie Jones, my producer. Cold winds from the east haven't made gardening much fun for most of the last few days out in my garden, but it is quite useful because it's holding back those early fruit blossoms. They really were moving much too fast. Uh, Fortunately, we've avoided the snow, although there's been a bit of uh, hail coming down. Boy, that can uh, be a bit sharp when it falls if there's any seedlings about. You know, one of the older traditional sayings was that when you see weeds starting to germinate, it's time to sow in the spring. Well, there are seedlings already germinating on my veg plot, but uh, I'm not in any rush yet for a week or two. It is worth, I think, covering the ground with uh, cloches or clear polythene, get the ground warmed, and then uh, towards the end of this month we should be all right, in the south of England anyhow, and in very warmer districts to start sowing and get growing. This week I heard that Backer, Europe's largest gardening website and known to millions of people in the UK for their very colourful mail-order catalogues, went into administration. You know, their sales three years ago were €127 million, and last year it had dropped to 83, and if you get changes like that, I'm afraid it uh, can be pretty fatal in the gardening industry. And of course it is just the way things are changing. Internet trading is uh, now cutting right into uh, what were traditional businesses. In January too I hear that there's been quite a move to more vegetables. Over the last three months for example the sale of aubergines went up by 23%. Now if you like those, I don't think much of them but uh, some people use them in ratatouille and stuff. It's a good time to be sowing a few seeds now because they're quite slow to germinate. And and the sale of cherries, I wonder where they're coming from. They went up by 25%. And if you want to grow some of your own, you know we had that offer of the bush cherry, Porthos. Just grows to two metres high, almost like a black currant, but with cherries on it. And then spinach, that went up by 43%, the sales of spinach, uh, through January. And of course you can sow your own. Why not sow a little trough um, or a fairly large pot with some uh, spinach now? And and you'll be picking stuff in five or six weeks if you germinate it indoors. Outside in the garden, I've started doing a bit of rose pruning. 
Uh, you can see what we're doing on the video if you go to sungardening.co.uk. It's a bit early, but I have a, a small bed of rose bonica and it's carpeted with hardy cyclamen and a few snowdrops, one or two clumps of snowdrops. And I just thought, well, come on, let's get that uh, rose bush pruned back and tidied it up so that we can get the full beauty of those early spring bulbs. Actually, a good way to establish hardy cyclamen is to beg or borrow a clod of soil with an established clump of cyclamen from a friend or neighbour. And if you just drop that into your garden under shrubs or somewhere that's not disturbed very much and may have a bit of leaf litter, you'll find that they very soon establish and then self-seed and spread, just as mine have done under the rose bed. I've lifted uh, Brussels sprouts too. Um, I'm not sure that that's a common practice, but I like to get the land cleared and dug, and the Brussels still have some good Brussels sprouts, and so if I lift them with a ball of soil around the roots and then just heal them in along the edge of the veg plot, I can continue to pick the sprouts over the next six or eight weeks, and when they start to grow, run up to seed, that makes a very nice spring green. So uh, they'll keep cropping and be very useful. Hardy vegetables that I'd sown in pots, and I'm thinking of uh, garden peas, some turnips and broad beans. Once they've germinated, I move them out from the house first thing in the morning and then bring them back in the evening. That gives the seedlings what we call diff, a drop in temperature, a different temperature from overnight quite warm to a drop first thing in the morning and that has the uh, effect of making the seedlings much shorter and more branched. It interested me because the old Victorians when they were growing things in cold frames would open them up first thing in the morning uh, to get that sort of compact growth not realising why it worked and now we have the scientific understanding of diff and it can be used very effectively. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today I'm very pleased to uh, exchange conversation with a former Rittle College uh, contemporary, uh, John Richardson. John, of course, has been much more successful than me and is now, I think, probably the most significant uh, wholesale nursery in the country. Uh, now, John, 
Can you tell our audience how it all started? I mean, yes, you went to uh, Rittle, the same as me, but what happened then? Well, it was one of those situations that uh, I'd grown up on the family market garden between Leeds and Wakefield, where rhubarb was our 220 hectare principal crop. I enjoyed that so much that I worked on the land every single hour I could manage from 12 years old onwards. But there wasn't a final position for me in the family business, so I decided I'd have to make my own way in the world. I really wanted to be an engineer, ideally, and but I couldn't get a, an apprenticeship with, with Rolls-Royce, which I'd wanted, because uh, my maths wasn't good enough. <laughs> so so I, I decided that uh, I would go in for horticulture and was advised by our local college to go to Rittle, uh, a decision I have always felt I could never have bettered because I've made friends in the industry uh, that are still with us today and uh, the mention of Riddle College in Essex uh, opens doors worldwide. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? And, and I think that we were in good years there in the 1950s. There were some really good people passing through, weren't there? Absolutely there were, yes. Both in agriculture, uh, engineering and horticulture. It, it was a great social life as well, but not to the standards that we that we see today's university <laughs> students at. I don't think we had the money, did we? And no. You, and you couldn't have a car or a motorbike on the premises, if I remember no, correctly. No, no, no. <laughs> I know my grant allowed me 50 pence a week for my board and lodgings and my books and papers. <laughs> Those were the days, John. Those were the days, yeah. yes. But didn't you go to, um, was it Secrets? Um, yes, what happened after college was I wanted more experience. And so I first of all went to work for a firm called Bean Brothers in East Yorkshire that were specialist growers of vegetables and salad crops. Had a year with them, then moved down to Surrey to a company called FA Secret, who was one of the leading lights in UK vegetable production at that time. And I had uh, three and a half years there. Uh, fantastic experience. And um, again, made friends who've remained with me all my life. Secrets were very good with young people, though, weren't they? they you know, they took a lot of young people. Was there an apprenticeship or something of that kind? Uh, we were described as students. Oh, right. And we compulsorily had to attend meetings with Mr. Secret Senior on a Tuesday evening. You were not allowed uh, to fail to attend. It was a definite black mark. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a fantastic experience working there at a time when I was desperate to earn money because I could see that whatever I did required personal money. And so we could work piecework most of the time. And we at five o'clock, several of us all queued up for overtime and I set out to save £16 a week from my £7 
a weak wage, which then was, of course, less tax and, and less accommodation costs. Goodness, yeah. But that was some difference from the £7 basic wage yeah, because well, you'd be working up yeah. at 7 till 5 and then Saturday mornings, presumably. Uh, yes, but Saturday afternoons and Sundays we did contract gardening at various places in southern Surrey for private gardens and uh, we charged three and sixpence an hour uh, for the work that we all did and we gave our fellow students three and fourpence an hour, so we made two pence an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, yeah. And gave them a summer trip to the south coast and bought them a candy floss each. (laughs) (laughs) The last of the great spenders, John. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But then um, you came back into... uh, Yorkshire, um, but the company is called uh, Johnson, not Richardson. How did that come about? Well, Mr. Jo- Mr. Johnson was the founder of the nursery, and he had a very hard time in the First World War. He lost his platoon on four occasions, and he couldn't understand why he had not been killed. You lost the whole platoon? Yes. and Four times? Four times. And he had been doing a degree in botany at Leeds University. And when he came back from the war, he couldn't face going back to learning amongst young people. And uh, he had always been interested in growing and so on and so forth. So he went for a year to learn the nursery industry with a firm called Fisher, Son and Cybreys of Sheffield, one of these very old type firms where the foreman was the foreman who totally controlled everything. But Mr. Johnson did well there because he knew what he was doing and he was very keen to learn. His next move was that uh, he fell in love with a young lady Uh, whose family uh, ran a a series of malt kilns in North Yorkshire uh, where they uh, got uh, barley from local farmers delivered to railheads in North Yorkshire, 13 railheads, and then delivered it. It was then delivered by rail to the family brewery processing plant in Leeds. Mr. Johnson was told he would have to prove that he could support this young lady before he was allowed to go any further. He did that and proved it over two or three years, and they were eventually married, and he developed the nursery to six and a half acres. And by the time he was 67, he was the nursery was growing faster than he was. And... Uh, he couldn't cope. He felt that it was becoming too onerous. And so he'd let my uncle know, who lived in the village of Wixley. He phoned me because I was um, a horticultural advisor in Scotland at that time to commercial horticulture, not gardens, and said uh, this garden centre, this nursery, not a garden centre, this nursery could come up for sale. Was I interested? 
so I made 20 trips to Yorkshire and eventually bought it from Mr. Johnson, who became one of the best friends I've ever had in helping us, advising without telling, uh, suggesting things we might like to do. And he was just a very, an enormous friend, the best you could have as an older person. And so, John, they're very special, aren't they? These these older people who can accommodate young people because yes. young people can take some living with at times. Very uh, much so. Yeah. Uh, the the office was in in their house, and so uh, with two young children, uh, the children had to be in the office when my wife and I were in the office. And they used to crawl along the the uh, the floor in the the downstairs hallway and sit on Mr. Johnson's knee and eat half his breakfast. <laughs> and and they thought that was fantastic because they didn't have any children. What a wonderful deal! Yeah. So it was absolutely the best arrangement we could have, even to the extent that he left some money in the business. And when we got to the last year, he cancelled my last year's payment. Goodness, yeah. What a generous man. Great, great. But bring us right up to date then, uh, John, because uh, I've just got, what, six and a half acres when you started. What have you got now? Uh, We've about 180 now. My goodness. Um, And how many people do you employ on that then? We've exactly 100 now, uh, full-time. But we enjoy, we employ quite a lot of uh, part-time employees who come from agencies to cope with specific workloads. And we're fortunate in that it's an agricultural area and we can get the same people back each time so they don't have to be reintroduced to the work we do. Yeah. And, And they have to work to your... Uh, experience, do they? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, we, w- I became motivated with systems, and we were the first nursery horticultural business in Europe to achieve what was the old British standard, BS five seven five zero, which is nine now nine thousand. And so everything we do is systems. All our staff work to systems, and so when anybody new comes along there is a system they can follow exactly and there's no wondering if they know what they're doing that their um, work program uh, will is monitored to the extent that we know what they're already trained in from when they've been before and give us some idea of the uh, numbers of plants that you're growing each year and and the kind of plants well every plant we grow is what we would call a a woody plant we do grow some herbaceous plants for garden centers but it's mostly woody plants from shrubs to trees we're servicing uh, a garden center market supplying probably 400 garden centers uh, with garden center type plants Uh, but that's a third of our uh, market. Our principal market is big, big landscape projects, 
and these we do all over the country and that uh, varies in composition from loads and loads of what we call transplants that is young trees between one and three years old which most people will have seen on motorways and so on around junctions and they always sit there wrapped around by a tree guard to keep the rabbits away. Yeah. We supply millions of those <laughs> uh, and we supplied an enormous range of trees as well to all sorts of uh, different projects. In total, we are doing uh, at the moment about two and a half million trees a year. John, that's amazing. I mean, when you were sitting at the desk and doing practical work at Riddle, you could have had no concept of producing two and a half million uh, trees and shrubs a year. It's a fantastic story. It, it's amazing, Peter, because when I sat there at Riddle, I was thinking of producing 200,000 lettuce or something like that, <laughs> and not, not trees. Yeah. Now, what about things like high-speed rail and that sort of thing? I mean, are you, are you into that kind of area? Yes, we are. We actually came second in the bid for uh, supplying the plant material for the new HS2 high-speed rail link, but we were just uh, too expensive. We, we actually did supply HS1, uh, from the Channel Coast into King's Cross, and it went absolutely brilliantly. But uh, it's not an easy project to manage that type of thing because you get you don't get very much forward time and planning. And uh, if there is a delay in construction, you've produced vast numbers of plants that need to be planted this year, but that part of the project may well have been delayed until next year. And they don't want bigger plants because it costs more to plant them. So you're left with a lot of waste and you have to provide new plants. And so it, it, you have to be very careful in pricing that you don't become too competitive. Yeah, goodness. John, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Uh, if uh, listeners are interested, if they go onto the Johnson's website, they can see pictures, I think, can't they, of uh, your yes, operation? Yes, they can. Not only has this industry itself been fantastic, but the people we, we meet and the people that we employ within it are just wonderful people. I've met two people that I don't like, I didn't like, because they tried to pull the wool over my eyes, but you don't often go through your life until you're 80 with only, only disliking two people that you've met through your business life. Well, to some extent, that's you, John, isn't it? You get back what you put out. Uh, really, I, I appreciate no end our chat today. Wish you every success. Uh, and hope to see you up there close to York fairly soon. Look forward to seeing you and to all your listeners. Enjoy your horticulture. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. the world of good. Now, as a little postscript, we thought we'd introduce the gardening gag or tip of the week. 
And how about this one? It's a letter writing in. Dear Sir, can you tell me if it's illegal for my neighbour to sunbathe in a nude in his garden? My husband has put up a six-foot fence, but when I stand on tiptoe on top of our rockery, I can still see him. There we are. Takes all kinds, doesn't it? Thanks again to our sponsors, Sutton Seeds of Torquay, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.